Dearly beloved, thank you for tuning in and welcome to the audio podcast of Paya Memorial Presbyterian Church, Bantama, powered by the YPG. This podcast will feature life-changing messages from our weekly meetings. Join us as we explore the Word of God, learn and grow together in our journey as Christians as we strive daily to seek a life of purpose and to live like Christ. We're excited to walk this journey of faith with you and remember that Jesus loves you. Today, to be in the presence of God. And today, the theme for our service is producing fruits. Producing fruits. Let us pray. So what see any pie boom yon juntumu a brasso. So Cassatrian. That's a bread. Cassa yon home. Two yon fo. Chachain. Nay, I know when him. Oh, double yes, you crystal demo. Amen. We've had three readings. And in the first reading, it gives us a summary of the, what the commandment God gave to the Israelites. Yes. If you listen well, you will realize that it is looking at like a story of a new group, a chosen group, a new people, a new country, a new town, where the caller is having a certain agreement with them. And therefore, the preamble identifies the purpose of this agreement, the parties in the agreement, and the expectations of these parties in the whole agreement. A new people, a group of people, and these are the ones we call the Israelites, the sons of Israel. And God had called them. He called Israel and had promised them. And he's taking them through all that. And at that time, he was initiating a certain agreement with them for them to know who he is and what he sees them to be. And these were the Israelites. And when God has spoken to them in that trembling manner, in a manner that they were afraid, in verse 19 and 20, they spoke to Moses. They spoke to Moses and told Moses that speak to us yourself and we will listen. But do not have God speak to us or we will die. The God who had called them wanted them to see who he is. And now when he spoke to them, they told Moses, we don't want to listen to him directly anymore. Let him talk to you. Then you talk to us. Otherwise, we will die. But Moses said to the people, do not be afraid. God has come to test you so that the fear of God will be with you to keep you from sinning. Sometimes when we know the master we have, the power he has, and what he can do, it influences our respect for such a person. In our offices and everywhere, when we have a boss who is strict, once we hear his name, we want to see whether we are doing the right thing. 
But somebody who lets us sit there aloof, when we hear his name, oh, nothing, we are friends and nothing more. Even when we are destroying things, we don't care. But he who we hear and come to our senses and realizes that, what are we doing? Is it the right thing? It's a good master. And that is the kind of God God wanted them to know that he is going to be with them. And so sometimes we need to understand the God who has also called us. And then we will appreciate his value. And so when we hear his voice, when somebody is talking about him, and when we are talking about him and we want to respect him as such, we will appreciate who he is. This is the God who protected the Israelites and had a good relationship with them. We heard the Bible reading and you know who God wanted to be with them and said, you ask anything, I will do it for you. This same God realized that the relationship between him and these Israelites were not going on well. And he wanted to find a solution to that. And so he sent his own son to come into their midst in a manner that they will not be afraid anymore. In a manner that they will relate well with him. But they did not recognize him. They did not see him as the son of that God they were afraid of anymore. They did not. And so, in the second reading, we know, before the second reading, we know that he sent his son to die for, for us and all. And that Paul, who belonged to this group, was a, a confidential person. He really believed in what he could do and in the law and wanted to persecute the Christians because he did not see the son. He got encountered with the power of this God again. And he changed. And therefore, in the second readings from the Philippians, as Paul wrote to the Philippians, he himself was telling them. In verse 4, he says, Though I myself have reasons for such confidence, if someone else thinks that they have reasons to put confidence in the flesh, I have more. Why has he more? Circumcised on the eighth day, yes, he was. He is of the people of Israel, from the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews, not just a Hebrew, a Hebrew of Hebrews. You know, the Asantis will say, We want to show where we come from and the king who rules us. And so Paul was telling them that I am not just a Hebrew, a Hebrew of Hebrew, and a Pharisee. In regard to the law, he saw himself as faultless. And so Paul should have had confidence to continue to do what he was doing. In verse 7, he's saying that, but whatever were gains to me, I now consider laws for the sake of Christ. When he met Christ, the value of being an Israelite was no more of essence. Now he was moving from being the son of Israel to the son of Christ. A new call, a new group. If you have rejected me, I will then call a new group. And therefore, 
a new group is being formed and Paul is happy to join this group. And no, in John chapter 1 verse 12, we are told of how this group is formed. Yet to all who did receive me, to those who believe in his name, he gave them right, the right to become the children of God. Hallelujah. Have you received God? Have you accepted that Jesus Christ is the son of God and believe in him? If you have, you are part of this group. If you have, you are part of this new group that Paul is so happy about. And I believe we are all. Say amen if you are. If we so believe in this Christ and call ourselves Christians, then we are blessed to be in the second group of this same powerful God. The same God that the Israelites trembled and did not want to hear his voice directly again. But to us, he gave the Son to come to us, not in a trembling manner, but in a way that we will relate to him and see him as our own. So in the, second read, in, in, in the second reading, or in the third reading, we are talk, talk, told of a parable where Jesus was comparing something and was saying that there was this farmer who has given his farm to people whom he knows when the harvest time comes will bring him his share. And when somebody has had his own land, planted his own vine, and ask you to take care of it. Just nurture it. Harvest it and give me some. How good this is. We do this now. Domiente and what have you. But these people wanted to have it on their own. And so the way God was rejected by the people he had chosen. Is being put in that parable. He sent his own son finally. And yet they killed him. And when he asked the people, what would he do? They said he would take it away from him and give it to those who will. And we have been blessed to be part of those who will give him back. Are we giving him back? Are we doing the expected or we are doing worse than those he gave the land to? This is a question to us. And so verse 42, he says, Therefore I'll, I tell you that the kingdom of God will be taken away from you and given to the people who produce its fruits. We are expected to hold on to that kingdom that he gave to the Israelites and they did not respect it to us he has given and we must bear the fruits. To us, he is asking us of a fundamental thing and that is bearing fruits. To bear fruits. Tell the one by you. Produce fruits. Produce fruit of the kingdom of God. If we do that, then we are doing what is expected of us. It is so fundamental. From God's point of view, our purpose, of, our purpose is very simple. Just as a grapevine must do, the main purpose of our life is to produce fruits. It is so fundamental that we must never forget that the owner of the vineyard is in charge. God never lose sight of his vine. He is so possessive of the people that he calls. And he is in charge. Very, very possessive. 
I believe a child at three years who has learned to sit down, perhaps know how to walk a little. You buy something for the child. You go to town and buy him biscuit. And the child is playing, put the biscuit by him or her, and you want to pick it. The way the child will shout, mm! who gave it to him or her? You, but it's now his, and he will not let you touch it. Even when you have picked somebody, a child, and for us, as I'm wearing glasses, the child holds off your own glass and you want to take it from the child, it's a difficult thing. Because you want to possess it. He created us in his own image. That child who knows nothing knows how to possess what belongs to him or her. How much more God who has called you. He is a possessive God. And so when he asks us to do something, he expects it. And this fundamental thing of producing fruit is a good thing that God is expecting. He is focused on receiving much fruit as possible from us. His vineyard. And as possessive as he is, will not leave us aloof. We see this in John chapter 15 from verse 1 to 8. And I want to read this. I am the true vine, and my father is the gardener. He cuts off every branch in me that bears no fruit. While every branch that does bear fruit, he prunes. So that it will even, it will even give more fruit. You are already clean because of the word I have spoken to you. Remain in me as I also remain in you. No branch can bear fruit by itself. It must remain in the vine. Neither can you bear fruit unless you remain in me. As long as we remain in Christ, we are being told this fruit will be born. The condition in this requirement, this expectation is, remain in me. You are just a branch of the vine. And as long as you are attached to Christ, nutrients will flow into you. Water will flow into you. You will get what you require and you will be able to bear fruit. He says in verse 5, he is the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Apart from God, we can do nothing. We'll move from, hell, from north to south, east to west, searching for the power, looking for protection, looking for whatever to make us achieve whatever aim, to make us achieve whatever thing we have in our sights. We are being told today, Without Jesus Christ, we can do nothing. But as long as we remain in him, then we can achieve everything. If you do not remain in you, me, you are like a branch that is thrown away. And with this, such branches are picked, uh, are picked up, thrown into fire, and burned. And so, in verse 8, he said that this is to my father's glory that you bear much fruit, showing yourself to be my disciples. So the calling now is to bear fruits. Is to bear fruits. And just not any fruits, but the fruits that comes from God. The fruit that comes from Jesus Christ, who is the vine in whom we are attached. Because he nourishes us. 
He gives us what we require. And therefore, we bear the fruits of his kind, if only we are in him. From this parable, there are a few things I want us to note. One of them is the vineyard belongs to God. It's not yours. We are only branches of a vine. It is God's. And if the vineyard is God's, then it is for him to do the preparation. There is no mistake in this principle that Jesus is the vine and we are only the branches. This possessive God will not let us change this principle. And therefore, we must accept that he is the vine. If a child will not give you the gift that you have given to him, God will not give you his own thing that he possesses so much. And so let us not change the principle at all. He owns the vine. And the third thing we want to learn from here is that he is the vine dresser. And therefore, our success, everything that we require, it should come from him. Why are you there to bear fruit? He will dress you to achieve that. He is excellent in that. Galatians chapter 5 verse 22 to 23 seems to give us an idea of what fruit, the kind of fruit that he is giving, he is asking us to bear. The fruit of love, joy, peace, forbearance, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such things, there is no law. If you really sit down to do analysis, deep analysis of this, and you compare it to the law that he gave to the Israelites, there isn't much difference, just that the wording has changed, because if you do obey those laws and do all those, you realize that you'll be achieving the expression of these values we are talking about in here. But it's given to us in a different form. And he expects us to bear these fruits and nothing more. The third thing is that this food, produ food production is a lifelong activity. When Paul was telling them about the value of being in Christ and what he has done, he still said that he is not done. And he presses on. We aren't ending within certain days and said we are done with the food production. It's a lifelong process. It's a lifelong activity. And therefore, we must understand that our calling on this earth, our transition on this earth is food production now. Once we have responded to the call and we sit here and call ourselves proud Presbyterians, hence Christians, sons of Christ, daughters of Christ. Brethren, we have nothing but to produce fruit. If producing fruit is also your objective, say hallelujah. Oh, it is small. Hallelujah. Oh, we are not ready to produce the fruits. I don't think you are trembled because it's not God himself here talking to us. He's talking to, through a human being to us. And therefore, he expects us to produce fruits. Bearing fruits, however, requires lifelong commitment. It requires our commitment. And it must be a lifelong a commitment of work and discipline. No plant casually can be there and produce fruits. 
it is a slow process. You get a small plant, put it into a pot or soil. The first time you plant, you realize that it has drooped, the branches aren't really erect. But as it absorbs water, the roots absorb water, pass it through the stem, it gets to the branches, then the leaves get the water, they become turgid, erect, and they are ready to absorb sunlight to produce fruits. And when they absorb the sunlight, they grow, they increase in size. The leaves become many, and they get access to sunlight, and they begin to produce fruits. It's a process. And when they've acquired enough sunlight, done photosynthesis, and gotten enough food for itself and its development, and now produce food for others to benefit from it. You can't bear these fruits when you aren't satisfied with the word yourself. What are you telling others? How are things people seeing it from you? But the moment the plant is planted and it absorbs water, we see the significance of the value of the plant or the branch to the branches because they become to grow. And we see it growing. We see it turgid. We see it developing. People must see the change in us when we encounter this Christ. People saw that Paul had changed. And therefore, Saul became what? Paul. A significant change. So when you get into this God who is the vine and you are resourcing from him, then we must be seen as a new person. You are developing freshly. The process has begun. You've not spoken. You've not born fruit yet. People are seeing the change in you. And therefore, when we begin to tell them of what you've seen, they then know, yes, that is why you are like that. And talk about your show. Hey, I said, my dear, I feel being featured in the same Then you appear and you say that, oh, this is nothing. You show that love to the people around you and they begin to see that, wow, this person has changed. So when next time you begin to tell them of how you encountered this Jesus Christ, they'll bear, pay attention and listen. People knew who Paul was and what he was doing. And so when he changed and was speaking, it's no, no wonder that he has written more, no more books than those who really walked with God, with Christ. Are people seeing the change in us when we encountered Christ? If not, then we need to assess the process of our growth, the process of our fruit bearing, and we understand. It may be slow, but it's still significant. It doesn't hide. We must see it. We must understand that in everything that we do in this vineyard, there will be some hardship, you know. When you have your plant land, weeds, wild weeds will grow within Insects will attack it. On the branch, no one said, cramping be a home. The nutrients you are absorbing from your, your, your stem is also absorbing and developing faster than even you. A parasite will be there. By all these hardships, in these times like this, it is quite difficult. No wonder. I think that is why, that's my thinking, you know, that's why among the spirit, the fruits of the spirits, um, the last one in there, happens to be self-control. 
Perhaps it's quite the most difficult thing now. Self-control. But it's a good food that will make you significant and unique in times like this. Everything seems to be normal, but not the fruits that the God wants us to bear. If you don't do this, you are unique. Why should LGBTQ become an issue in our life? If you sit down and want to be human in thinking, not even as a Christian, you don't understand. To the point that now, even if you are taking resources from them, you lose your rights and you must do what they want you to do. And somebody was saying, which president will resist this? Why can't we? Self-control will be a, difficult, a very important asset and a difficult food to burn. But in all this, understand that the vine dresser is God. And Krampan Betsyahua, and now now book, because it's his job. He is the vine dresser. You only must get to him. The good news is that he's availing himself for us to assess. I think the second stanza of the Methodist hymn, what a friend we have in Jesus. There is a line there that says that we forfeit our peace if we don't carry everything to God in prayers. When these troubles come, when these storms come, let us remember that we have a possessive God who is ready to dress us in order to bear much food for him. If we are not taking care of the vine and we are only branches, then, then he is ready to prune us. Let's pass it on to him. He will do it in his own time. And therefore, we should understand that it will be quite easy for us. It will come to the point you say, oh, I can't. I, I, I'm tired. Brethren, let us not be tired. Let us not worry. For the vine dresser isn't tired and is in charge. Still, tell the one by you, God is in charge. God is in charge. No matter what, he is in charge. Remember, he has called us. He called his people, give them assignment, and give them the requisite requirement for them to achieve that goal. He will equip us and will prepare us to bear these fruits. These things will come. Let us not carry all our burdens on our hearts. Least we worry. We'll get tired of them. But when we leave it to him and say, God will solve it. No matter what you say, say, God will solve it. In his own time, we will be smiling. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I believe we all have strength to stand us. Because even in times like this, we still want to come to church so smiley, despite our troubles at home. If we sit here and ask everybody to tell us his or her problems, I don't think we have a book enough to write them. But by the grace of God, we are sitting here. It's an example. It's a testification to the fact that he will do it. Hallelujah. And therefore, he will give us the access to produce food. Let us remember that it's not about us. It's about him, the vine. It is about him, 
Jesus said, he is the vine, not us. We are just branches of the vine. And therefore, we do what he does. He is the dresser. He will make the gardening decisions. He will know where to plant what. And will know when to harvest what. He will do the pruning. He will do the spraying. He will do the weeding. And these wild weeds around us, no matter how close they are, no matter, even if whatever they are to us, he will prune them for us. And our understanding will be secured. The only thing is that we should follow the process of development for people to see that we belong to a new group of people. We are sons of Christ, Christians with expectation, with fruits to produce. He calls the shots, and these shots are right shots. We will produce fruits as he has asked us, so we don't lose the groups. We don't lose membership of the group as the Israelites did. We are happy to be part now. And may the good Lord grant us strength. Help us to achieve this production. In the name of Jesus Christ, amen. amen. Let us pray. Father, Lord, you've called us today to produce fruits. And you've shown us the way. You've made us know who you are. Father, speak to us. Give us our individual understanding as we require because you know us individually. Equip us and strengthen us. Prune us, O oh Lord. Prepare us. Dress us as a vine dresser that we will be, achieve, be able to achieve our objective of producing fruits and producing fruits all the time. In your beloved Son, Jesus' name, have we prayed with thanksgiving. Amen.